Welcome to the Red Letters Podcast. In this podcast, we explore topics that can be life-transforming while delivering a message of hope. Thank you for joining us on this week's podcast. We have a special guest, a friend, a pastor. Uh, his name is Pastor Christian Cormier from, it used to be Cornerstone Church of San Diego, and now it's Heart Revolution. He's pastored there for over 15 years, and we asked him if he'd be willing to be a guest. He said yes, so we're so honored to have him today, and we want to welcome Pastor Christian. Thanks for having me. It's a super huge honor, and I'm a little nervous because I've been listening to you guys now for several months since you've launched, and you do so well. I, I hope I can... Uh, rise to the occasion. <laughs> we know you will and yeah. surpass it. Yes. And uh, the topic that we have t- uh, for today is church trauma. What that is, what it looks like, or is that something that you possibly could be going through? If so, we're not saying we have all the answers, but we're trying to bring up the discussion so that we could probably help you put your best foot forward to try to get out of that so you could actually live this life that's supposed to be free in, in Jesus. So... What would you say, Pastor, what is church trauma from your experience or have you experienced it or what do you see people going through that you kind of put in the category of church trauma? And how does it impact people? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So um, It's a loaded question. <laughs> it, it's a very loaded question. It's a longer conversation that we than we could probably have in a single podcast. There are... Many books have been written, uh, seminary classes given, uh, whole degrees to be had just to cover this one subject. But um, I would say that I'm looking at my computer here and I'm going to use the definition of trauma. And the dictionary defines trauma as a deeply distressing or disturbing experience Mm -hmm. or physical injury. Mm. So when I think of a trauma, I think of like a bruise. So, Tony, uh, if you were to swing at me and punch me right in the arm Mm -hmm. your fist will displace the flesh that should be there and temporarily occupy it and then when it retracts it's what what's left is bruising maybe some bleeding Mm -hmm. some tearing that's great and so when i think of the word trauma and even in church trauma it I, i have a picture of something or someone a circumstance or maybe something physical that tries to occupy where it does not belong mm. and the damage that it leaves behind. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And when you asked me to come on and you you told me the the, the subject, I, I was trying to rack my brain of like, you know, what am I going to say? And I started having triggering moments because I've been, uh, I was raised in church. I've been in a church all my life from one form or another. And I've experienced, you know, all kinds of uh, levels of trauma. And um, the older I get, I realize not only did I experience it, but I probably caused it. Hmm. I've been part of people's trauma, you know, going back to that definition. Inserting yourself where you do not belong, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. And and leaving leaving wounds. So what is church trauma? As far as I view it, church trauma is a organizational overreach, being who you're not supposed to be, when you're not supposed to be in places you shouldn't be in people's lives, Mm -hmm. retreating and then leaving them left to pick up the pieces. That's so good. Church trauma 
I hear this often, you know, I don't go to church because, you know, I was traumatized and the church this and the church that. Well, a church is a definition. It's not a person. A church is an organization. It may be a building, right? It might be a time and a place or a geographic mm-hmm. location, but it, it's, it's an inanimate object. The Bible clearly says that we people are the church. Mm-hmm. So right. we're not talking about an organizational issue. We're talking about a personal mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I often, as the pastoral care pastor at Heart Revolution, I sit down with people every day, nearly every day. Um, and one of their you know, major themes is this, quote, church trauma, how the church hurt me. And then I kind of walk them through a process of trying to identify, so was it the front door that hit you on your way out? <laughs> was, it, was the yeah. music too loud? Were the lights too flashy? I, I'm, not, I'm trying to understand. Well, no, this person who had a title Mm -hmm. or a perceived position of authority Mm -hmm. hurt me. Oh, so we're not talking about the church that hurt you. We're talking about a person. So let's talk, let's talk about the person and you know what that all entails. So people hurt people. It's not so much the structure. (laughs) Right. We were were talking just before the podcast and I started and I I said, I, I don't believe in that statement of, you know, well, hurt people, hurt people. No, I, I don't believe that to be true. I believe that people hurt people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. good or bad. It, mm-hmm. People can be as nice as can be, but because of their inserting themselves where they do not belong, mm-hmm. they'll leave. They'll leave trauma and they'll leave a hurt. Kind of like overstepping mean, their boundaries, right? Yeah, overstepping boundaries. Wow, we can go in a, yeah ten different. Uh, trails in this conversation. So I even have a thought about boundaries. Okay. I used to think boundaries were keeping people away and things away from me. And um, I had a visual on that. It was a, you know, 20 feet tall, double thick concrete walls. <laughs> mm-hmm. And on four corners was a machine gun turret topped with barbed wire and surrounded by a <laughs> moat with mm-hmm. piranhas and a minefield. And to, I'm going to, I'm going to let, you know, have boundaries. I'm not going to let you hurt me. Right. Mm-hmm. The only issue I found that just, I, I realized I was in the prison and I was the only prisoner there yeah. <laughs> and I could not let anybody in. That's good. Yeah. That's real good. Mm-hmm. I'm now understanding uh, biblical boundaries is to keep me where I need to be mm-hmm. doing what I need to do. And y'all can do whatever you want. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be walking in the garden in the cool of the day mm-hmm. with my father, eating from the tree of life, enjoying my life. And you can act a fool <laughs> And it's not going to affect me because I'm exactly where I need to be. Mm. And I no longer have to have walls. I never. I no longer have to have machine guns. I, I don't have to attack you. And I don't have to fight you. I just have to be where I need to be. You don't have to defend yourself. Now, if we all went to church from day one like that, this podcast would not be happening because we wouldn't be having a conversation <laughs> yeah. Yeah. about mm-hmm. trauma. Because in that's, the church. In the church. Because <laughs> that's you. Yeah. That's not me. That's, yeah. that's your own insecurity, your own projection, your own trying to be somebody over me. Um, so that's... So you uh, say that... Um, I have a question for you, Christian. So you say that... So when you say people hurt people, so... And that's going to happen everywhere, obviously. So would you say that the individual that felt hurt or offended has to do work on themselves? Or would you say that the person who caused the offense, the person with the title, and probably doesn't even have awareness of it, is it that person's fault? So whose fault would it actually be in, in that situation? Because I leave church, 
I'm, I'm just speaking like I haven't left church, but I leave church because a person, an individual offended me. Okay. So is it because I'm hurt or is it because that person is hurt? Um, well, I, I, we're generalizing here. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I know mm-hmm. there will be people listening and they'll be like, well, you don't know my story. And, yeah. and, and, and let me give respect to that. I don't know your story. And I don't know right. the circumstance. So we're generally terms. Mm-hmm. My answer would be both. Both. Okay. It's both. Like a misunderstanding yeah. maybe? or It, it could be a misunderstanding. Um, and maybe they're not. Maybe the person that is doing the offending is intending to cause mm. harm, right? Right. And, and there is a responsibility for the aftermath and it has to be answered. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I've been on a journey here in the last year that has totally changed the way I view God, the Bible, church, my role as a father, as a son, as a pastor. So I'm still working through those things, but in that journey, um, I, I'm, I'm learning to change my language. And so sister, what you, what you said was whose fault. Mm-hmm. And that's how we normally assign things. Right. Right. Wrong. wrong up, down, white, black, mm-hmm. on, off, good, bad. Mm-hmm. And that leads you back to the garden mm-hmm. of eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, good and bad. I'm now trying to live my life and to view uh, every situation, whether it's from me or to me, not in the context of it, if it's good or bad. Okay. There is no fault. Mm-hmm. The only thing that there is, is out of the will of God. Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. so good. And we're all out. Mm-hmm. For all have sh- oh. fallen and all have fallen short. So... It's not to assign blame. Mm-hmm. That leader's bad or that person's bad or, you know, it, if we remove that, mm-hmm. then we can address what, what, what this, what's the situation, Yeah. right? So I heard your last podcast and mm-hmm. uh, you were talking about the church that said something about your tattoos. Mm-hmm. You know, today it was good. Now it's bad. Mm-hmm. And it left chaos and uh, it wasn't only for you, but there was. You were saying there was other yeah, brothers yeah. who were affected as well, and so now everyone's running around, like, "Oh my God, I'm literally this is biblical. I'm mm-hmm. uncovered. Yeah, mm-hmm. how do I cover myself up? Because this is bad. Mm-hmm. Got it, got it, got it. My question would be, ready, drumroll. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very good question. In fact, it's the first question that was ever asked in the Bible. Who told you that? Mm. So good. Yeah, who told you? Because it's an opinion. And we live more by opinion by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So we cause trauma unknowingly, unwittingly for these, quote, good intentions, because there we go back to good or bad. Mm -hmm. And we cause damage thinking we're doing, doing good, but we're not doing God. Oh, right. got it, got it. Yeah. There's a big difference. Mm-hmm. I I was um, thinking about this this morning, and and it reminded me of that scene in the the that TV show, The Chosen. Mm-hmm. I think that thing is amazing. If you haven't seen it, please go find it. It's free. <laughs> it's actually on Netflix too. Huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, there's a scene of Jesus with the woman at the well, and uh, he's speaking to her, and he's just totally chill. He's just having a well, it's just a Tuesday. It's just another day. And she's having a really bad day. Mm. And they had this discussion. And he says something so interesting. 
she brings up about, well, I'm, I'm, I'm so bad. I'm so bad. I'm so bad. Yeah. I can't worship, at, you know, at the temple. I, I can't, I have to do water in the middle of the day, the hottest part of the day. I, I, I've, I've done all the stuff that I'm bad. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, the day is coming where no one will worship on this mountain or that mountain in this temple or that temple, but in spirit and truth. And I thought, that's church trauma. <laughs> Here's a person who's in deep need of healing. Here's a person who can give her healing, but we're so wrapped up in if you, you only can get it this way. And Jesus was so non-conventional. He says, oh, yeah, there is no way. There's only my way. Right. There's only one way. Mm-hmm. It's the right way. Mm-hmm. So he didn't call her good and he didn't call her bad. And he didn't put a judgment on, on, her th- on whatever her issues were. He just was, hey, there's a way to live free where you need to be and you let everyone else just do whatever they're going to do. Right. So I don't know if that answers your question, but the, the, is there a fault? I guess in the classical sense, you can assign blame, but mm-hmm. that doesn't fix anything. No. Mm-hmm. It, it, all it does is it removes you from the church. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it may not bring you back. Absolutely. To any church. To any yeah. church. Because mm-hmm. now the because now God is now the is assigned that blame ultimately. Right. Mm-hmm. Well you pick them. So mm-hmm. you must think this too. Mm-hmm. So God gives blame for someone else's actions. Exactly. Absolutely. 100%. Human error. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, the reason for my question, Tony, was because mm-hmm. I just think it's interesting that people leave the church without realizing that the enemy had a lot to do with it. The, the enemy, it was what they were whispering in the ear of whoever, the offender or the offendee. And it's like, it's so quick to say, I'm out of here. But with that, like they say, throw out the bathwater with the baby. It's like, now not even God gets a chance. And I think it's so sad that people would choose that, to do that because they miss out. That person misses out. And of course, the individual who did the offending, you know, they just keep doing and probably hurt somebody else. But mm-hmm. so I, that's why I wanted to ask that question. I think it's it was interesting. Yeah, I think <laughs> one thing, too, I want to add is I was reading this morning in Matthew 18, 15, where it talked about restoring broken relationships. How if somebody does you wrong, go back and make it right privately. And then if not, take two or three witnesses, if not, bring it before the church. And mm-hmm. I was thinking, how lazy are we to do that? It's yeah. easier to harbor the hurt and have a right to sit in your funk yeah. than to turn around and seek healing and to overcome this trauma. Mm-hmm. And you just want to wave the flag of, I'm a victim. Yeah, You know what I mean? Because one thing we were talking about before the podcast is how when you say church trauma, how it's a oxymoron. It sh- mm-hmm. shouldn't be in the same be, yeah. sentence. Yeah. Like I said, I, I've been on this journey of... Um, you know, like soul restoration and mm-hmm. my theology has been completely challenged. Um, and you come, I've come to find out that we've done things so wrong. I've done things so wrong. Um, uh, things were done wrong to me. And we could spend the next, you know, six episodes just talking about, you know, how I've been wronged, mm-hmm. you know, from sexual abuse um, by the, you know, the, the church, you know, um, members uh, that I experienced as a child, all the way to being physically assaulted by the senior pastor, not once, not twice, but multiple times by two different churches. Mm. I mean, I, I, I used to feel like I had a, a, a sign in my back that says, you know, kick me, mm. <laughs> ever since I was a little kid. Wow. And I had to come to the place where, it, where I finally understood that it was people 
It wasn't my father, and it wasn't his house. It was one of his dysfunctional sons. And I can't put that on the organization. Mm-hmm. And as a pastor and as a leader, I find it, I used to find it, you know, um, kind of offensive. You know, I've talked to someone, hey, man, I'd like to invite you to meet you. Oh, sure, you're one of those guys. Yeah, no, my last church. And so I get blamed for something mm-hmm. that I had nothing to do with, mm. right? But I realize I, we have an opportunity to bring healing I can't fix what was done, but I can right. bring I can bring um, resolution. a resolution, and I can show you that that there's a there's another way to live. Right. In fact, when I talk to people like that, I often tell them, "Hey, I don't want to invite you to my church. What I want to do is invite you to a way of living that you'll mm. be free. That's so powerful. Whether you come to church or not, mm-hmm. which what Jesus was telling the Samaritan woman. Yeah. I'm not inviting you to the temple. I'm mm-hmm. not inviting you to Jerusalem and come and, you know, do what everybody is. I want I want to invite you into a relationship. Mm-hmm. I want you to invite me in, wasn't it? Invite me in. Here I am. <clears throat> and so along with this changing of the, um, how I think, I've come to a new thought of what church is. And it sounds so weird because, you know, I work at a church. I My, my life's about the church, trying to yes. bring in people there. And, and you know, I should want to do that. But... I used to, I've been, I told Tony this a couple of weeks ago. I said, I used to be so proud. I mean, sinfully proud, mm-hmm. not in a good way. Arrogant, mm-hmm. more like that. I was part of a, a team that grew a church from seven people in a high school mm-hmm. to at our height, between eight and 10,000 people went around the world. Right. Mm. I was like, we were so proud that we built a mega church. Mm-hmm. What I realized is that we didn't build a mega church, we built a mega orphanage, and I was the head orphan. Oh, goodness, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then I lived with that for a while, that I was just the head orphan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now, in my journey, my development, I realized I wasn't ever an orphan, I was just a runaway. Oh. Mm. Because I've always had a father, and so have you. Mm-hmm. We've, so, all, we've always had a heavenly father. Yeah. We're the That's runaways. So deep. <laughs> we've yeah. just been runaways. We've been running away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the church trauma that we do in church is when you come from the place of being an orphan, is I need to get adopted first. Yeah. So I wear I, I make sure my clothes are right and my hair is combed and I Your speak. Tattoos are covered. My tattoos are <laughs> covered. I speak well. I I because daddy's gonna come mm-hmm. and he's looking around and he's gonna adopt one of us. But and I I've been here, right. and I've been here longer. Mm-hmm. So you know, sister, just just wait your turn. Yeah. Sit back. Sit Be back. Quiet. You just you know. Yeah. I get mine, and then you'll get yours. Mm-hmm. And that's an orphanage. Yeah. And Father doesn't run orphanages. No. He runs households. Yes. Where everyone gets everything that they need, and no one goes without. And everyone's a son and a daughter. And he has enough for everybody. So yeah. All it, at the same time. All at the same time. <laughs> so when it comes to church trauma, I think really, I think a lot of it, that's where it comes from. Mm-hmm. So you'll have a leader with the title yeah. who was meant to to show people the way, but they, but they can't show anyone somewhere they've never been because they're still feeling like they're an orphan and yeah. they're in performance. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just going to be real. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so church is a place where we drag ourselves into every Sunday because our week was hell. Oh, man, I just want to see a familiar face and get a good message with the little, you know, get my wounds 
packed up and, you know, so I can go back out on the battlefield. I absolutely did not think that's the case. No. Church was always meant for where we go together to celebrate. Think about that. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking church trauma, I mean, it turns my stomach. Mm -hmm. What do you mean church trauma? You should be too busy celebrating what you did during the week. With Father. With Father. Mm -hmm. And I've been having this thought. I'm sorry if I'm talking too much. No, no, no. no. I really get into this. Um, (laughs) That's why you were invited. Yes, exactly. In the West, there is a model of of marriage, and it goes like this. Um, I meet a girl. I think she's awesome. I ask her to marry me. We show up on this date. We exchange a covenant of vows, right? Um, We depart the wedding chapel, Right, all excited because now we're husband and wife. Mm-hmm. And what do we do? We go to the party, right? And so mm-hmm. we'll party. Everybody eats and dances and celebrates, and we open presents and yay! And at the end of the, all the festivities, then we go to our home and we go and consummate. Mm-hmm. That's not the biblical model of marriage. It's absolutely in reverse. I meet a girl. We do an exchange. And we immediately consummate, and then we go to a party. What are you celebrating? What What are you celebrating if you haven't done the work? Mm-hmm. And so Sunday was meant for us to celebrate what was already done mm, all the rest like- of the time. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I had intimacy with Father. Yeah. <laughs> intimacy into me you see. Mm-hmm. I'm in you and you are in me. And apart wow. from you, I can do nothing. Right. And Sunday was meant for the music and the celebration and the breaking of bread and drinking in the cup to celebrate what I have done in private with my Heavenly Father. Yes. That's so crazy. when I hear people say, talk about church trauma, someone was rude to them or held into a standard that was, you know, beyond, mm-hmm. you know, the pale. I'm like, what are we doing here? Yeah. We were always meant to come to church to celebrate because I had intimacy with Father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I'll drop the mic right there. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question. So when you were saying about the head um, orphan, when you were talking about the head orphan, so would you say that that was a blind leading the blind? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I just wanted to make sure that I was getting it right in my head. Yeah. And then the other question I wanted to ask really quick was, how can you avoid causing that trauma on someone else. You you talked about what you went through in church. You've been there all your life, and yet you haven't strayed from God, which you hear. I, uh, I've i only been to one church in my life. I, I was saved only six years ago, and I've only been to one church, and I plan to stay there and retire there. <laughs> yeah, but um, when I hear all these wicked stories, the first thing they say is like, I'm not going back to church. And I think that's so. that's got to be so sad because... Of what you're going to miss out on. And, and maybe you don't need to be in church. But when they say that, it's like they no longer read their Bible. They're no longer in that relationship with God. And it's scary to me to, to think of where this person is going to end up. So how do you avoid that? How did you avoid that hurt being so detrimental to your life that you said, you know what, whatever happened, happened, but it wasn't God. And you stayed there as opposed to leaving. It's <clears throat> a really good question. Um, I would love to sit here and tell you how awesome I was and I navigated it and I'm so holy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what happened was is uh, it nearly killed me. Mm. Um, it got to the point where I was contemplating walking out to my backyard and blowing my brains out. 
Mm-hmm. So I, it didn't miss me. I was fully in it. But I realized after much mentorship and counseling um, that, well, how I started the podcast, my theology has changed. Right. My view okay. of the of God's word and church and the Bible and who I am has completely changed. Mm-hmm. And I've realized what have we done to ourselves? Mm-hmm. What have we done to ourselves? So all this really cool, deep stuff I'm saying, mm-hmm. yeah. this is the new revelation. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't always do this. What I what I did was I was the guy who told Tony, cover, Pastor said, cover up your tattoos. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I participated in that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I thought it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Back to right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it was the right thing. Because mm-hmm. if I did this, I would get something. I would get a pat on the head. Well done, good and faithful servant. Mm-hmm. Of man. Yeah. Of man. Mm-hmm. And no disrespect to any man. That's, mm-hmm. not, that's not the purpose of this conversation is no, to exactly. villainize anyone, but it is a spirit. Yeah. It is an antichrist spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the spirit of Jezebel who comes and tries to take your ability to bring forth the next generation in life. Okay. And that's all it is. And no one does it because they're evil. They do because they think it's the right, right thing, thing to, to do. do. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've learned that I no longer have to eat of that tree where there is no right or wrong. Also good. There's yeah. only God. Mm-hmm. So how about we eat of the tree of life? So I'm going to ask Father what he thinks. And you know what I have found out? My, dad tell you, my daddy tells me stuff like, I don't know, what do you want to do? <laughs> Lord, it's just another day. I just want to, you know, dedicate it to you and just want to do your will. So can you just give me a roadmap? And sentence by sentence, like like Siri, turn left, turn right. right. And I'll just stay in the center of your will. And we have taught people that God dictates our lives like that, which would mean we're still robots, that the only reason we're going to do the right thing is so that we don't get punished. Right. And that's not free will. Mm-hmm. That's extortion. Yeah, yeah. Either do this or I'm going to do this to you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I'm learning this. So people say, well, then what's the purpose of life? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) It was in my notes. That was my next question. (laughs) I used to think, and I would preach and teach, and I was preached that and taught that the purpose of my life is to share the gospel and help others. And I call BS. That's what I can do. I can do that. Mm -hmm. But that's not why. Mm -hmm. The purpose of my life is for one thing and one thing only. Is to be fully loved by my father. Mm. Mm. That's it. Period. What I do with that is totally up to me. It's Mm. a choice, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I want to be a pastor, then I can be a pastor. If I want to work at Starbucks, I can work at Starbucks. I can do whatever I want. He just wants to do it with you. Oh, that's so good, yeah. To, yeah. Wow. So when you and I start saying, well, you know, brother, you got to cover up those tattoos because, you know, that's just the Lord. Really, that's what the Lord wants me to do. He wants me to perform, mm-hmm. which is absolutely counter, blaringly what the Word says. Mm-hmm. Jesus came around and did the exact opposite. He's like, no, yeah, yeah, you guys are performing up to and including pinching off a leaf off of your mint and tithing that. Mm-hmm. And I say, boo, not interested in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if Jesus himself, 
God himself in the flesh who came to model to us what it meant to be a son right. is telling us performance, not a thing, right. then why do we keep doing it? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying, you know, we have no rules and we have no you know, culture structure. or structure or way to live. Mm-hmm. Culture, that's, you know, like in the 90s and the 2000s, there was this huge thing. Every conference was like church culture, culture, culture. I, I was all part of that. Culture is the culmination of what you believe. It's how we live out what we believe. Mm-hmm. So where's all this church trauma coming from? Mm-hmm. Well, you're just living out what you believe. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's producing, mm-hmm. death, mm-hmm. which is exactly what Jesus came to overturn. He said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. So where's the life? So the question is, is was it whether it's to show your tattoos or not show your tattoos, that's not for me to say. How about you have a personal conviction? If it's a naked lady with her, you know, breast hanging out and or some, you know, some cuss word that you're embarrassed about or, you know, you're not totally proud, proud of, of yeah, yeah. dude, then that's on you. But that's not for me to tell you that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus rolled up to that well and said, hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. I want to give you life. And she kept saying, yeah, but I, but, but, but. I'm a whore. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I'm not here to talk about that. I'm not interested in that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you Jews, you guys worship over there and we over mm-hmm. here and we can't even go over there. You're over here to just, to, you're just here to throw it in my face. And he's like, yeah, not here to talk about that. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not interested. Never was the point. We make trauma because we're traumatized and you will, you will naturally reproduce who you are. Yeah. That's so good. Mm-hmm. So it's people who hurt people. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, people get hurt, and because they they have an immature view of who Father is, they never get to really know who He is and how good He is. Right. And that is a tragedy. So I've been totally guilty of that. Mm-hmm. I've been guilty of of perpetuating a system, and it's not a church. It's mm-hmm. not a, it's not a denomination. Mm-hmm. It's none of those things. It's mm-hmm. personally, I've put that on people out of performance. Because I thought, if I could get them to do what I do, then what I do has value. Mm-hmm. Oh. Validates you, yeah. And what would you say to the person that might be listening that, you know, that sounds good, you know, I, I, I don't quite understand it, but I'm still not going to church because somebody hurt me. What don't. would you tell that person? Yeah, don't go to church. Okay. <laughs> See God where you're at. Yeah, well, that's mm-hmm. what he told the woman with the well. He, he was very clear. I keep going back to that because yeah. I just keep getting that scene in my head, that conversation. He's like, yeah, yeah, you're talking about church. I'm not talking about the temple. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about you and me. Yeah. Got it, got it. Right? So when you can walk somebody through a, a, a journey of wholeness, right, and you can help them discover who they are in Christ, mm-hmm. they will naturally change their behavior. So uh, one of the things I do at, at um, Heart Rev is I, I'm in charge of our Celebrate Recovery ministry. And I get, often people will come and say, Pastor, uh, my brother, he's using, can you help him? And, you know, if you can just get in that program and, and change his behavior, mm-hmm. then the he won't be mad. Yeah. And so what I've learned as an ex-addict myself is that um, the, the addiction is not the issue. It's the symptom of something deeper. Right. So for me, I mm-hmm. used, because when I was, Seven years old, I was sexually abused um, and pretty 
well, all abuse is severe, but mine was pretty severe. Right. Um, and I grew up with this sense of always feeling scared, less than, not covered. No one's going to protect me. Mm. The moment I experimented with drugs and I got on crystal meth, I felt like Superman because that drug is crazy. It'll make you think that you're you can, invincible. You can you're, <laughs> you're invincible. You never sleep because you, you, you sleep it becomes a not a thing. Um, so um, I never had to close my eyes because that's when it would happen at night. Mm. So I started using drugs because it would make me feel like I would never be abused again. And if anybody tried. I would take them on. You could take care of yourself. I, you know, I'd go berserk. And um, and I did. I had a 10-hour standoff with the SWAT team. Um, <laughs> that's for another day. That, that's for another day. Yeah. Now, here was the issue. Was my issue the drug use? Mm-hmm. Or that I felt uncovered, unprotected, and alone? Mm-hmm. Now, once I was able to address that, that I'm not untec- un- uncovered, unprotected, and alone, that I have, I've always had my father... Mm. I just need to access him. Then drug use became a not a thing. I don't need to use. Like, why would I? Mm-hmm. So we want to modify people's behavior in church, and we end up doing the trauma, inserting ourselves where we don't belong, mm-hmm. oh, trying wow. to modify behavior when we don't ever address the symptom. The symptom, or that's the symptom, mm-hmm. and not the actual disease. And the actual diseases, most well, the three questions that were asked in the garden: Where are you? Mm-hmm. Who told you that? And do you believe me? Stay tuned next week when we finish our conversation with Pastor Christian Cormier. 